Welcome to another Key Flow Change Cars podcast, proudly brought to you by Change Cars. Today, I'm joined by two exceptional individuals, but before I introduce them, there's somebody missing. Gugu is in China, courtesy of Havel. He's sending me some videos of some really strange stuff that he's eating. I don't know if either of you have been to China, but no. this is a story for another day. No, no, no thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> for sure. The two individuals in studio with me, I'm going to start with you, Obi. Obi Makaditwa, familiar face to those who watch Ignition TV, a voice for radio, a face for TV. Perfect. Obi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I'm Obi. Most of you guys know me from Ignition TV, like you said. Um, used car manager at Eagle Ford. So I run all the used car department, marketing, um, buying of cars, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I've been in the game for about 18, 19 years. Um, yeah, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. And, uh, yeah, I'm all cars. Fantastic. And I can vouch for that. I've been in studio with you before. If anybody knows this stuff, Obi, it's you. Talk about knowing your stuff. Bobby Petkoff from Mitmac. If somebody doesn't know who Mitmac Motors is, I don't think they're watching uh, YouTube, Google, Facebook, or any other source. Yeah. Bobby, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we've got a great marketing team. Uh, we try and be omnipresent. We try and add value uh, from different angles. And uh, uh, yes, I'm very excited to be on your show and hopefully I can add value. We're honored to have you here. I think just before we get started with the first question, one of the keys is about truly working your business. Obi, you doing it. Bobby, you doing it. I love being at the coalface. And talking about being at the coalface, our first question comes from Shireen. She's from Maysdale, 37 years old. And she says, if there's one thing she takes great pride in is calling out the BS of any motor dealer. I must just tell our viewers and listeners, she didn't say BS, she used the full word. Beautiful. Her question is very simple. She wants to know what is more important when buying a used car, mileage or age? This is a question I love answering because I've got a very definitive answer answer when I say not negotiable on love to start with you Obi your thoughts oh it's it's it, for me it's pretty easy I mean being on the used car lot I think both pay a very pivotal role um, in your deciding factor age I'll make an example if you've got a, a five-year-old vehicle that's got 50,000 Ks and you've got a two-year-old vehicle that's got 50,000 Ks. What's more important is the maintenance of the vehicle, the service history of the vehicle, sure. has the vehicle been well looked after, and then you can make your, your decision based on that. So for me, they're equally important. Interesting, because I'm going to come back to you on that. Bobby, your thoughts? I, I'm not going to put too much weight on the vehicle. I'm going to put more weight on the dealership that you are purchasing the vehicle from so so a, a lot more than even the the mileage um, having a dealer sell you a newish vehicle just out of warranty with a bad reputation uh, will mean that you're on your own in case of an emergency whereas if you buy from a reputable dealer that can back their product and stands farther for their product um, even if the car's out of warranty, they will they will always be there to assist you and serve you. So, in in my opinion, the dealer is more important than than the car, even the car. So that particular question is going to come up later in the show. So my take, I place a greater emphasis on mileage than age. Simple example: six-year-old car, same shape as the current one. 50,000 kilos, but it's six years old versus a three-year-old that's got 70,000 kilos. 
mileage is what wears out a car. Age doesn't wear out a car. Sure, I think there are exceptional circumstances. The car's parked outside all day, in the sun, etc. Yeah. But yourself, five-year-old car with 60,000 Ks or three-year-old car with 80,000 Ks, what are you going with? Yeah, look, I'd obviously go with I'm the host. Just remember, ideally, <laughs> you want to side with me. <laughs> look, I, I, ideally, you want to go with a newer car, obviously, with newer technology, newer spec. But in the same regard, I still say, if it's well looked after, you know, you, you can choose accordingly there. Of course. Yourself, Bobby? It's it's a very open-ended question because uh, uh, 80,000 kilometers Toyota Fortuner will be, for me, more valuable than a 60,000 kilometer, um, you know, maybe, I don't want to bat a brand, but let's take an Italian brand. You know, like a Ferrari, for example. Let's okay, you want to be Ferrari. more mainstream, Alfa Romeo. Let's let's do an Alfa. So you know, you you have to go and look at the reputation of the manufacturer as well, and and look at the that that's why a used car is very technical. You 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 it's like it's like getting married. You need to know what you are looking for. Are you looking for a tall girl? What religion? <laughs> what religion? You know, the color eyes. Because if you're just looking to Bobby, get married. you're giving me a concept for another show, but you yeah. carry on with what no you're problem. talking about. So if you... If it's you, an art. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think a mix of art and, and a little bit of maths. But if you like the look of a certain car, let's say SUV, go and do your research. Who has moral authority in that space? Because... Toyota won't have moral authority in a certain area, but they will in a, in a different area. But I, again, I'll place a lot of weight on the dealer. Yes. A lot of weight on the dealer. Last, last question on this question. Just a number. What do you consider a high mileage? We're talking secondhand now. 200,000 is obviously high mileage. But what is the number where you say for you, a car starts getting high mileage? It, it also depends on the brand. Of course. Um, but I would say... 200,000 Ks on the vehicle that, you know, parts start need, needing to be replaced. Um, you know, your CV joints, your that that sort of thing. You don't really want to be, you know, in that space wanting to replace those kind of parts. So it's say 200,000 Ks for so, me. So for me, it's always changing. And I promise you, when I say changing, not because I'm changing my opinion, but just what I'm seeing. Five, six years ago, I thought 120, 140,000 was still decent mileage. I know my own car. I've got a Range Rover. I bought it with 16,000 Ks. I look after this car exceptionally well. It's now got 70. Is this the same car? Not even close. And now 70,000 is not high mileage. For me, I wouldn't love to buy a car with much over 60, 70,000 Ks. That would be more or less my cutoff. Bobby, yourself? I think it's brand dependent. And um, uh, you, you, you have a... You have a Fortuner, for example, at 120, 30, 40, 50,000 kilos. Still looks the part. Uh, yes. I always use Porsche for, 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 for an example. You take a five or six-year-old cane um, with 150,000 kilometers. The car inside does not wear. Yeah. It looks new. Um, you, you know, the build quality is exceptionally high. And, and I love BMs. I, I bleed BMs. But a, a BMW X5 with 120, 30,000 Ks. When you stomp on the brakes, control arms are, are you know. No, you, it's different. You, so, so, depends on the brand. If you, if you gonna be, if you gonna be going over 120, I think it's, it's, it's a high mileage car. I'd stay away. Yeah, if, if I may jump in there, when we say brand dependent, 
if you take a, um, a Fortuner, like you, you, we've put on the table, or we took, we take a Prado, um, two hundred thousand k's, the engines just run in. I'm saying this because I've got a Prado that's got two hundred and sixty odd thousand k's, but it drives like it's got sixty thousand k's because it's been well looked after. So you know, it depends depends on brand. There's something exceptional about Toyota. Two weeks ago, I was in Dubai, and when you're in Dubai, you've got to go into a desert. 2015 Toyota Land Cruiser. We don't have the engine here. Four liter V6 manual. The car's purring. We're in the desert. The, the car's being caned. 566,000 kilos. Clutch done, but gearbox, diff, engine unopened. Unfortunately, not every brand's going to do that. Need advice? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Keep It or Change Cars tab. Our next question is very interesting. It comes from Janssen Barberton. Don't know if uh, anybody knows where Barberton is. Mining town in Pumalanga, pretty close to Nelspreit. Lovely little town. He says he's too young to give us his age, but he's prepared to give us a clue. He was born in 1944 and he's got his license one week after his 18th birthday on the 21st of January 1962. And he's still driving. So I think it makes him 79. Yance has three questions he'd like us to answer. First part, in the last 30 years, where do we believe the biggest advances in motor vehicles has come from? It can be performance, comfort, safety, or technology. Let's start with the first part. Obi, yourself, last 30 years. So I would say safety and technology, those are the biggest, I think, uh, areas where cars have actually gone big. I mean, a couple of years ago, airbags were not you know, a standard feature, but now every little car or every car's got it. Um, and it's not even just the driver airbag Correct. anymore. It's, it's driver, passenger side airbags, curtain airbags. Six airbags today doesn't impress somebody. Yeah. Six airbags is like the basic. It's a norm. It's a standard. Yeah, it's a standard feature. So safety is, is base number one for me. And I'll say technology. I mean, gone are the days where you had to... Uh, unclip your radio and put in your pocket when you go when you go out. But... Now it's it's a standard thing with a car. Cars talk to you, you know. Cars tell you when they need to be serviced, that kind of thing. So for me, those two safety and technology have absolutely gone out of this out of this world. Every time I hear something like that, it just brings back memories. You speak about the radio. Yeah. In 1993, I had the privilege of buying a brand new E36 BMW 325. I'd gone from an old BMW, the E30, used to go into a restaurant used to take the radio out, not a word of lies. It weighed maybe two kilos or one and a half kilos. Used to walk in like a little bit of an angle. And then when in your E36, bottom right-hand corner, do you remember that on the BM? You clipped it off and you put it in a little case. case yeah. And you put it down with your key and you were the manier. Top G. For sure. Bobby, <laughs> yourself, what are, you, what are you going with for the changes? So the building of cars is driven by capitalism. Capitalism Except leads. if you're in China, of course. Well, it's driven by yeah. communism with a capitalistic approach. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, yes, agreed. So, capitalism pushes competition. Competition drives improvement. So, I, I put enough weight on all the areas because when BMW comes out with a radio that you can, you know, take out and walk in to the restaurant... Mercedes-Benz says, okay, how do we beat this? We can develop a radio where the face clips out. Yeah. So now, you know, you don't need the protection of a radio in your hand the whole time. You can just slide it in your pocket or in your wife's handbag. And, and you know, they push each other. 
in terms of consumption, safety, um, in terms of how fast they can go. I mean, for sure. 30, 40 years ago, Ferrari is, um, you, you know, accelerating to 100 kilometers an hour what the Focus Diesel does it in now. Yeah. And, and we already have, you know, we already have a sub two second car with um, the Dodge. The Dodge, uh, it's, it's, believe, sir. It's, a, it's a new Dodge that came out, a thousand plus horsepower. Yeah. But Bobby, you talk about Ferrari accelerating. Do you remember a program Magnum PI? Yes. Yes. Ferrari yes. 308 GTSI or GTB. Yeah. Yeah. Three liter, eight cylinder. That was the bee's knees. Okay. What do you think the 0 to 100 time of that car was? It's just top of your head. Probably nine seconds. A little bit quicker. About 7.2, but Slow. big but. That was 7.2 under ideal circumstances with the right train driver managing the clutch, etc. I mean, that's got a gated gearbox. Yeah, you or me, I promise you, even a decent driver wouldn't have done it in under 10 seconds. A little Polo 1-liter TSI but, with a granny at so the robot it. would that's have made Thomas so smile. <laughs> so, so competition drives improvement in all areas. But yeah. if I was to pick one, safety. Absolutely. Definitely safety, yeah. Crumple zones. Yep. All sorts of advancements there. And who, which manufacturer, if you had to choose one, would you put that down to? For me, there's one standout. In fact, there's two standout when it comes to safety that have driven safety through the 70s on a lower level, through the 80s, and particularly thereafter. I would go to Volvo. 100%. You know, it, they do advertise that, so it's, I would say Volvo. Volvo and Mercedes were Mercedes Benz, yeah. absolute, yeah. your ABS brakes, your seat belt, disc brakes, etc. all Volvo. Jans has got a second part to his question. What do we think is better, a manual gearbox or an automatic gearbox? Again, I've got a very <laughs> strong opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, me too. Bobby, yourself first on this one? It depends on the car. Absolutely depends on the car. If it's, if it's for example, here, here's a car, I, I love driving this car. A E92 M3, as good as the as the DCT gearboxes or or as the auto boxes, the manual is just it's just right. But um, uh, like a new 135 or a um, you know AMG Merc, it has to be auto, must be auto. So it depends on the car. But yeah. 99% yeah. is auto. Ob yourself. So, so I'm 100% with you on that. I mean, I had the privilege of driving a five liter Mustang manual that's a nice car beautiful car what year roughly it was a 2020 2020 it was a new shape so and it's a different drive it's really a driver's car you get to experience that mustang muscle drive in a manual in an auto you do get it but it's obviously controlled but here's where i was going with this so being on the used car lot i'm sure you, you you'll vouch for this where autos are now selling better than what manuals are because of today's traffic. So in terms of resale value, you know, if you had to look at all those those factors, um, I would say I'm pro-auto because of resale value and because you'd get more for an auto these days. And everybody wants auto because um, it's it's just a, a, a better drive in today's traffic. I use the analogy, you come home from shopping, would you rather have somebody carry your shopping in for you or would you rather do it yourself? Uh-huh. If I could make one contribution to the motoring trade, it would be the complete elimination of the manual gearbox. I own two cars with a manual gearbox. You spoke about that M3. Yeah. So the E36 BMW that I bought, that was a manual. When I look back at that car, not sure. I'm talking about for the time. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Bought myself a Civic Type R. Fan of the show, all things motoring, phoned in, wanted to sell it. That car has got stonking performance. Beautiful. The manual 
ruins it. Got a 2007 Alpha Spider manual. There is zero pleasure, in my opinion, to be derived from a manual. It's constant changing, it's jerky. There's something about a manual that doesn't make sense. Why are manuals still around in certain cars? So, if you drive a, an M2 manual, you can drive a DCT. It's very fast. It's lightning fast. But an M2 manual with, with rev matching, it's just a driver's car. When you pull it into second gear and the back comes out, an auto doesn't give you that smile. You feel one with the car. Fourth to third, downshift to second, rev matching. That That's for me. Look, I'm officially the oldest here, and I'm feeling the oldest <laughs> the way you're talking. You had one with the car, the rear comes out. I mean, that that is incredible. But I personally have been on record as saying the manual gearbox for everyday use. I'll tell you how we settle this. Yeah. Everyday use. Would you even consider a manual, yes or no? I'll go auto for everyday use. Auto. Of Yourself? course, yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'm on my phone too much. <laughs> to be As the host having the veto vote, yes. I'm glad they finally yes. agreed. Yes. The third part to his question is what is our opinion of the urban SUV? What he means by the urban SUV, he says... Over the years, he's seen a need or lack of need for an SUV in the urban environment. He understands an SUV for off-road, but why do people in the suburbs use an SUV? Personally, I've got a very strong opinion on that. In the country that, we, that we're in, SUVs have become renowned for having a lower profile in terms of tires with potholes, that kind of thing. So they're bigger inside, they're easier to maneuver, they space. You know, it, it's it's mommy's vans. It's just it's all in one, and it's it's again a pound on resale value. If something is, or if a vehicle has a lot of liking to it, you 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 you're bound to to have it in 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 a, in a good resale value no sort question. of vibe. So the reason why I think SUVs have taken up is because there's a demand for them. Um, they 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 cost less in terms of maintaining, in terms of tires, and we all know that our country is full of potholes. And I think that's a quick ex escape. It's a feeling of safety that it gives you. For Correct. me, it's the tires. It's that sitting high, just the elevation you, of. You it. feel like you're in control. Yeah. You take a three series BMW and an X1 or an X2, which is similar in size. Yeah. There's no question in my mind that BMW X is immeasurably better. What would you put it down to? Similar to what I would be saying? Yeah, your, your feeling that you have in terms of visibility, because you're looking you know, from a higher point of view, you can see more, yeah. you can climb a pavement. Um, you know, my best friend comes and visits me. His wife owns an X5. They've got two children. They've got, you know, they, there's, it's an event. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I don't have kids, so I don't understand all the bags and all the luggage. The X5 boot is full. <laughs> the kids are, you know, safely seated in their, um, in their, in their chairs. And we're going. If somebody bangs into you at the robot, your chances of surviving that incident goes up when you're in an SUV. Of course. So now getting back to the stick shift versus the, uh, I mean, that's how you refer to it, the manual gearbox versus the auto. How many modern SUVs, other than I think Toyota and the Fortuna still make a manual, what else can you get in a manual in an SUV in a, in a midsize? Not not your little RAV4, Nissan Magnite, Urban Cruiser. Your bigger stuff. I don't think anything comes in a, the, in a manual. The Everest stopped. 
No Everest more. stop. No, yeah, they, no they more, don't have. No more yeah. manuals. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. You can't climb Everest in a manual. It's too much work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need <Awesome>. Sherpas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Want SA's leading insurance? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the discovery logo. Our next question comes from Simon. He's 33 and a chartered accountant. He's from Umschlange and he needs our advice, as he calls it, to balance the books. He wants a perfect balance between something that is classy without being in your face, stand out or showy. The car must not cost more than 600,000 Rand. It must have a minimum guarantee of three years and 50,000 kilometers. There are certain cars that he won't consider anything Chinese or Indian, French or Italian. I think he's done his homework. No double cabs and not a Fortuno on Everest. He's very happy to consider SUV or car and he's open to either petrol or diesel. So Obi, unfortunately, no Everest uh, sale <laughs> happening yet. What would you recommend? So I thought 2019 BMW 320 diesel um, with roughly about 40,000 Ks. We'll, we'll be in the region of about the 600, 630 mark, depending on obviously the spec on it. That's That was my first first initial thought. Um, and then, you know, he said less flashy. Then I thought maybe a Mazda CX-5. Unbelievable car. Um, unbelievable car. Maybe a, a, an Akira, which is a 2.2 diesel, um, which I thought would have been would have been less flashier. Or even a, a, a VW Tiguan, which a two-liter diesel. Those were my three. Now, what's so interesting for me is a question like this. This is asked by the gentleman, but this kind of question gets asked of me pretty much every day in a roundabout way. 600,000 Rand. That is a very decent budget. Look at what we've been discussing, mileage versus age. For 600,000 Rand, Personally, I would always try to get as close to new as possible. I've That Mazda CX-5, unbelievable. And I've identified an Audi A3 Sportback. 600,000 Rand class, the Audi uh, quality. Flashy, not at all. But as I said, it's class. What do you think of uh, that and what would you suggest? So I would go either BMW or Mercedes. If I go Mercedes, I will go petrol. Um, the BMW diesel for me is a quieter, more powerful engine, and it's just more refined. Um, if you go E-Class, E-Class petrol, very nice car, comfortable, uh, nice accountant, uh, you know, status, but you know, it's a bit of a sheep in, in, uh, sorry, a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing, in sheep's clothing. Uh, but ultimately 520 diesel for 600 K, you can get one with um, a balance of three year plan and uh, you can drive the car for five years and you know just upgrade to a new year model. That's for me the perfect car. Yeah, Bobby, just just to ask you here, he's 33. Yeah, he's an accountant. <laughs> I suppose that that adds a bit of age to, to him, but at 33, would, would you put him in a five series? Yeah, absolutely. An accountant, yes. If he's, he's a professional, yeah. So depending if he's working at a firm or, you know, he's, he's yeah. doing an independent thing, when you arrive with that type of car, um, you're classy, and, uh, but yet you're not flashy yeah. with the 520. So now my bias for the Audi brand is well known. You watch me on any show, I'm <laughs> Audi. Audi comes first, second, and third, and I'm not sure where BMW and Mercedes come, even though unbelievable <laughs> products. But you asked the question, and funny enough, I thought the same. Five series and E-Class, for me, not the identifiable right car for a 33-year-old. Not the wrong car. It's a good choice. But what do you think of the Audi A6? 
You know it? Yeah, I, I do. They probably sold 10 in, uh, they, they sold 10 a year. Yeah. So they've got <laughs> shocking, shocking resale value, as does the equivalent Volvo, the S90. Nice Just car, that. Unbelievable nice car. car. So what he's obviously looking for is some options. He repeated he doesn't want to be flash. Chartered accountant, you arrive in a Volvo or an Audi, are you not making an unbelievable statement? I, I, sorry to, 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 to jump to burst in, my bubble. I honestly think you've got a point, Bobby, when you say accountant. That adds another 10 years to the age. 43 years old. Yeah, 43. <laughs> now that you said it, I'm, I'm thinking about it and, and how accountants are. Volvo is not wrong. The E-Class is not wrong. The 5 Series is not wrong. So you've got a point. You, you really do. Because... 33-year-old would want something more hatchback, more flashy, more. But he states that he doesn't want all that. So you're not wrong. What's also nice, he lives at the coast. We all know at the coast, performance is much better. Most modern cars are turbocharged or supercharged, whether petrol or diesel. Now, are you going for petrol? And you going for diesel? I'll go Mercedes petrol. Yes. BMW diesel. Yeah. But all the cars that we've mentioned, is it fair to say, Superb performance. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about underpowered because, yeah. No. So, again, the advice we're going to give him is very lucid, intelligent, well-thought-out suggestion, as was yours, Audi A3 1.4 Sportback. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you you for your valid advice. (laughs) Looking to buy a new or used car? Visit changecars.co.za. Our next question comes from Tembin Corsi from Valcom in the Free State, and he has written and he wants to know, and Bobby, this question was tailor-made for you. Let's go. Why has it become harder and easier to sell a car today? He says harder because there's so many choices, easier because every single person who wants your car will come to you at your home, at your work, you go online. Bobby, I'm going to start with you. Mitmac, roughly how many cars a month are you buying? So we, we're buying in excess of 350 to 400 cars, but I'll answer the question this way. No, no, first uh, go back to the amount of cars. That is 15 cars a day. That goes to the part that he asked, how it's become easier yeah. for a consumer to sell and better for the dealer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the motor industry for the longest time in South Africa has not been customer-centric. It's been, it's been dealer-centric. And, and the banks have encouraged that. Now, there, there has been disruptors that came in that are starting to make it customer-centric. So that at any point, when you put the client first, you know, ultimately, that industry wins long-term. It's going to ruffle feathers. People are going to be unhappy. But therein lies the opportunity. So, so, you know, if you are looking at it, it's harder because I'm spoiled for choice. You, you, you know, it, it's good because now, from the comfort of my own home, I can have five or six or eight or nine platforms fighting for the best price. I'm going to be able to go on social media and review the way that they behave towards consumers, towards other businesses. And I am at the point where I make a decision or I sell to. Okay, this is a customer-centric environment. And, and it's going to get a lot better for the consumer as the competition grows. So anytime the consumer wins... The, ulti- the ultimate goal is for the market to win. The players that adapt and adjust 
are going to grow, sure. the rest will close. So, you know, it's it's probably the best time to be able to sell your vehicle in South Africa. And, you know, the tough part is deciding on who. I can make it a little bit easier. The guys that are, you know, quickest, the guys that are offering you an off up front without saying, but what are you getting from X? You know, every time a consumer comes to us and says, you know, before you give me a price, I just I must want to tell you, you I've been offered by. Yeah, so I'll stop you right there. It's unethical for you to share the offer that you've received. Uh, please allow us the opportunity to give you our best price. Um, and, you know, we'll take it up from there. Because any good person, any good person out there, and I mean, people are going to smile at this. Any good person, if I say, okay, how much are you getting? You're a good person. You're going to give me a white lie. Yeah. You, you know, instead of, you've got the number. For the sake of maths, it's 100,000. And I come in at 96. You're going to say, look, it's a good offer, but I am getting 100. Then the ball is back in my court. But if I ask you how much, you're not going to tell me it's 100. 99% yep. of people, if you're listening to this in your car, in your home, you're going to smile and say, oh, maybe I'll, I'll inflate it a <laughs> little bit. So a customer-centric market is the consumer having the power of the red button. You, you decide who you pull the button on based on reputation based on the way the person treats you and based on the you know are, are these people using bullish tactics to get a number out of me or are they shooting a number and being transparent bobby a question like this mitt back you buying you said 350 cars a month this question was designed for you slightly different perspective reputable top-notch new car dealership eagle ford everybody knows that wonderful brand customer comes in He's ready to buy a car from you, can be secondhand, can be new. When you assess his trade-in, what do you do? Do you give him the best price? Do you ask him who you're competing against? How do you go about it, Obi? When we evaluate a vehicle, we obviously want to be fair in all, in all spheres. And we're not looking out to rip anybody off. We really are there to give a fair price. And for me, when a good deal is done is when both parties walk away from the deal and we both come out tops so to answer the guy's question if i may um yes it's become a whole lot easier and i like what bobby says is that you've got to look at your reputable dealers that is absolutely number one and we have become customer centric like you've been saying and we have to we have to be um transparent to the customer because that's where we build rapport and yes, you're going to ruffle a, a, a lot of feathers, like you're saying, for all those dealers that are not reputable because they're the ones that are not following procedure and, 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 and doing what needs to be done correctly. But I'd like to make it so easy for Tevin Corsi. You've got, uh, you've got options. You've got very good options. But also play the game. If you're always looking for the best deal, if your sole aim is to try to play somebody off against the other, it's like life. You're married, there's always a better husband, there's always a better wife, there's always a better home, there's always a better. What is my car worth? Thumbsack figure around the 200,000 mark. I go into Eagle Ford, they offer me 200,000 Rand, they're ready to do the deal. You know what? Right there, you've got a fair deal. You take one of the online platforms, you phone them, you ask them to evaluate the car. They come out, and I like what you said, Bobby. Don't play one off against the other. It's just, I, I think it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. You, when you go value a car, is it fair to say that as Mitmac, you want that car? You're ready to do business there and then? Yeah, look, you know, my intention is to do a deal. Um, 
obviously there's resource that goes into us sending a fire. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of logistical um, stuff that we have to deal with. Our intention is to do a deal. However, you know, long term, if our intention is to serve a customer, and we don't do the deal on the day because somebody has us beat, you know, leaving a bad taste in that customer's mouth will, you know, be more of a reputational damage around the fire or around a conversation like this, then, you know, thank you very much for the opportunity. We really appreciate your time. I'm sorry we couldn't serve you this time. Listen, you can't win everyone. But what I'm saying is the deal is ready to be done. Obi, you get the impression that all this customer wants to do is play hardball. You've got a one in five chance of doing the deal. Doesn't that irritate you? Where you feel like you're playing up against four people. I, sir, want to buy your car giving you a fair price, let's do the deal. Am I wrong? No, you're 100% right. Um, you don't want customers playing playing you another against another dealer because you know you don't know what that dealer's got in that vehicle that they're purchasing. So again, it's playing around with money, but we need to know what the true value of the vehicle is and then play it from there. Absolutely. But I think for Tim and Corsi and our audience, I think it's clear. You have exceptional choices, but what goes around comes around. Be fair, be fair to the dealer, and I promise you the dealer will be fair to you. This is the end of another incredible episode of Keeps or Change Cars. Obi, Bobby, lovely having you here. Hope you like the surroundings because get used to it. You're going to be back here. Uh, Thank you often. very much. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Thank you. you for having us. If you have a question on anything, buying, selling, finance, insurance, write to us at podcast at changecars.co.za. Talk about change cars. A visit to our site will show you we now have motorbikes, leisure, cars, you name it, we've got it. For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on DSTV channel 189 and on YouTube. New episodes every week.